What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from PitcherList.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is February 24th, and yes, we are going to talk about baseball. We have so much to talk about because we actually had some games yesterday, and we have a ton of them today. It's going to be fun. Sadly, we don't have a ton of StatCast data, and we have a ton of bad camera angles and no velocity readings, and not everything's on TV, and I hate it. It's the biggest complaint I have about spring training. However, we got things. So we have Chris Paddock. All we had were StatCast data. That's the best one. If I'd asked for one, it's that. And if you remember my concerns about Chris Paddock is that, well, his velocity is going to be down from last year because he was in the bullpen last year. And that's when we saw 94 miles per hour on the heater. Uh, I don't know if that's spring training, if he's going to ramp up more. I hope he does. It's not quite enough for me to be too excited. His vert, not good. Same thing that we saw before. The same pitch shape that we saw before. Um, a little bit more spin, but yeah, not really anything that should get us excited. And it was good locations. Now, here's one of the things that's so awesome about our Discord. And if you're not a supporter of PL Plus, you really got to do it. PL Plus, PL Pro, you get access to our Discord. It's easily the best way to stay on top of everything this spring, all the discussions that you want to be a part of. It's the number one baseball community on the internet. I cannot emphasize that enough. Uh, we looked back at 2019, and we know we do not have the... Uh, we do not have the same data that we do. However, we have some. And Kyle Bland was able to run his old model to say, hey, look, Chris Paddock's success in 2019, even though we don't have all the, the good stack SD that we have now, it was mostly because of location. And that was actually a thing yesterday. A lot of good four seamers right up on, on the edge. That is good to see. So I am a little concerned that this isn't going to be an elite four seamer. But if Chris Paddock does have that command of it i mean bailey ober does that really effectively right and this is gonna be a little bit harder than that it just man man then matters what is the other stuff if i can really believe in the location and he did show off his 85 mile per hour slider through strikes 40 plus percent csw that's cool um the change up and curve were there and he was able to throw strikes i mean again this was against a college team a very good college team um but nevertheless not you know major league players so on one hand, I'm thinking, okay, the four-seamer really doesn't have the shape that would make me super excited. On the other hand, the slider should definitely help. The locations are nice in the fastball. And honestly, if he has the slider working and he has the changeup Vulcan change working and the four-seamer is located, like, that will work. So I guess I'm going to raise Chris Paddock up a little bit more. I'm still cautious because I am worried about this four-seamer not being that is as dominant as we want. That is, is more susceptible to... Um, hard contact, though it should get whiffs if he is locating it that effectively. Okay, uh, nothing to report. Um, the Red Sox game. Um, uh, Chris Paddock, I believe, oh, he was playing the Gophers. And I apologize, Minnesota Gophers, and the, the Red Sox are playing Northeastern, I believe, the Huskies. Nothing to report there. Um, with Texas, uh, Dane Dunning went, that's fine. Danny Duffy appeared, but there's no info on velocity that I could find, and I don't really think that's going to happen. There really, Maybe if he's really amazing. There's this great article about um, him on MLB.com about him returning and feeling like more like an athlete. Um, but Jack Leiter was there. He sat 96, apparently went 98, and had a clean frame, and I just can't wait to actually watch him. That's going to be fun, so pay attention to that. Um, Carlson, Carson Palmquist had both TV and stat casting. He kind of reminds me of Ryan Yarborough. I mean, I, I wrote about him inside the top 100 prospects. He's for the Rockies, though, and he feels like a Rockies pitcher because he's not a high-velocity guy, but he has a really good sweeper. Um, he's going to get some strikeouts when they had over a 30% strikeout rate last year. He had his change of four right-handers, uh, and he sits kind of low and really nibbles a ton. So that's Palmquist. 
not really someone you should be chasing for fantasy. Johnny Brito went against the Yan- uh, not the Yankees, the Dodgers, uh, and that wasn't fun because he had to deal with Muncie and he had to deal with Freeman. Well, Muncie was just a deep fly. Um, but I was very curious because it did kind of look like he had a cutter to Muncie, but uh, I'm pretty sure actually in retrospect it was a two-seamer. While the pitch to Freeman was just, I mean, he pretty much was like down the middle away to Freeman and Freeman. First pitch he saw all spring, so obviously first swing is a home run. So there you go. Uh, Brito doesn't look bad, though. Um, he just really needs something to deal with lefties. And maybe it's a change up more, maybe a bigger lean on that. But uh, his right-handed uh, sinker, that is to, to right-handers, is just so good, and that's really cool. But, yeah, so far, I mean, like, Matt Waldron had a better inning, and that just might be the reason why they go with him or something. I don't know. I'm curious to see what happens more from Brito. Uh, Landon Knack, kind of impressed with this. I mean, it was 4Ks in two innings. The Dodgers are saying that he's in the mix for a rotation spot. That would suggest that Emmett Sheehan has to deserve his. And I think that they're still going to go with Emmett Sheehan. But Landon Knack actually didn't look so bad. It was just 93 to 95 on the heater. I uh, not, and it didn't really look that overpowering. I wish I had more data and more of a camera angle <laughs> for this. Um, but the slider and curveball obviously had depth to it. He really liked the slider and curveball. It really did look like a, um, a, a proper start. It wasn't just chucking and like hoping for the best as much. And I think that's one of the better things that you can really assess right now. Watch these games, even the bad camera angles and stuff. Are they really like locating decently well? Um, but I didn't really get the feeling that Nag had this absurd fastball or anything like that. And I can't really tell how amazing the slider and the curveball are at the moment. Um, so just keep him in mind um, as the spring training goes on because he could take a spot theoretically if he just has this amazing spring. And uh, the doctors say, you know what? Yeah, you are going to be that guy. It might honestly be a replacement for like Michael Grove and Gavin Stone. It might be one of those situations. And then that machine is that guy. Uh, going to the, the Cubs game. Uh, this is the Cubs-White Sox. There's nothing to talk about on the White Sox side. Poor Jesse Chavez, uh, 600 runs in one inning. Jordan Wicks and Caleb Killian were there. And I watched both of these guys. I actually put out a tweet about Jordan Wicks. where he, First batter of the game. I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, he got a quick strike, sure, whatever. Fouled off. And then he went to cutter inside, which is great because he was aggressive on the fastball. And he didn't bite at that, but then followed it up with a, a four-seamer that was actually inside corner and he whiffed through that and it was beautiful that's exactly what all lefties should do it's one of my favorite things about cole reagan's thing about reagan's as i say every single podcast why do i have to do this <laughs> um is uh is that he is more you know velocity it's like 99 or something not wicks at like 92 or something like that however if wicks is able to command it like that and then have his change up he's going to do well against right-handers if that's actually his approach so that was impressive i didn't really expect that to happen I hope it sticks. Um, we'll see if Jordan Wicks actually has that. He obviously allowed two hits and a run in this one as well. Uh, home run. But uh, it is something that does suggest like, okay, cool. This is an approach that can translate. And let's see what kind of spring he has as he's fighting for that fifth spot. But Caleb Killian was really the explosive one to me. I wish, again, we had more stack-ass data. Um, what I saw from his two innings was two strikeouts and two clean innings. At 96 plus, I mean, they were saying that he was going 96, 97, 98 on the broadcast. Uh, lots of sync. And that's really the thing. Like, it does look like he has a four seamer he can go upstairs with. And doesn't, from my understanding, have good shape to it. And he's a more of a, um, a steep arm angle. However, it's good extension. He had seven uh, feet worth in 2022. It came down a little bit in, uh, in 2023. But feels like this is a different guy. And uh, not the worst breaking balls. And he looked very composed 
that is not chucking it and actually trying to execute what he wanted to do. Keep your eye on Caleb Killian. I initially didn't really have him inside of that mix more uh, with Snesky and Smiling and Assad to threaten Jordan Wicks. Um, but Caleb Killian looked really impressive here. And the fact that he went two innings uh, kind of showcases that they are trying to see more of him here. And that's pretty cool. So keep your eye on that. And last one is Daniel Lynch, the fourth. Uh, if you don't know on Twitter, uh, Vlad tweeted a text that he sent me about Daniel Lynch saying, like, don't judge me. I'm not judging him. And he said, I think Daniel Lynch has something in him. And honestly, he's a big, you know, stretch Armstrong, right? Seven feet plus uh, extension, just 91 velocity. So I told him, look, if he's up to 95, then maybe we can talk. And he was 91 and 93 here. And you got to understand with the younger guys, they are going to be higher velocity at this point than uh, veterans who are going to be ramping up more. Why? Because they're there to prove something. They're there to deserve a roster spot and earn it. So they are going to be going a little bit harder at this point than the others. Keep that in mind. So if I see 91, 93 to Lynch, I don't expect this will be 95 by the end. And uh, yeah, no, I don't think that's going to happen. All right. Uh, after the break, we're going to talk about all of the guys for today, what you should be watching and the things I'll be talking about, of course, tomorrow in retrospect. So let's cover all of that after this break. We have Garrett Whitlock today. Uh, hopefully he has a 95 mile per hour slider. Uh, Eric Smolski wants to remind me that it's a sweeper also involved. Yes, I expect his changeup and slider to be, or sweeper, whichever one it is, uh, to perform well and get lots of swing strikes. Um, but yeah, it's more about that sinker being a dominant pitch and really seeing how the Red Sox utilize him because he's... They came out and said that Cutter Crawford doesn't have a rotation spot locked, which is surprising to me. Um, so theoretically, if Whitlock is just amazing, then he could beat out Cutter Crawford or Hauk, but... It's Crawford's guys. I mean, he said that Crawford has an upper hand, so whatever. Um, Corbin Burns is on TV, and that's cool. And so is Logan Webb and Tyler Glass. Now, great. Just make sure that they're fine. Uh, Ryan Weathers, he's appearing. As long as he's throwing hard, like 95, and has a variety of options, that's cool. But I don't really expect him to be pristine here. Um, Matthew Libertor, as long as he's 94, 95, which he won't be. Uh, with a good slider, that'd be great, but I don't expect this at all. Uh, Ty Lord McGill, I am stoked for this. I hope he's 95, 96, and I hope he's showcasing his new splitter and looking good with that. This is a cool one for me because this is a super sleeper option of an SP5 with a clear track to be that SP5 with a new pitch that he needs. The splitter is a perfect fit for McGill because he has a four-seamer. He can essentially be the Bailey Oberizzi, right? A four-seamer's upstairs at 95, 96 and then have a slider and change up and splitter like this is a good arsenal with that split as a put away pitch which he was been, he has been lacking so that's a really exciting development there and i'm so curious about it zach thompson uh with the cardinals i i saw him as a discount shirt uh Kershaw without anything really being elite before so i don't really expect to see anything new here carlos carrasco is fighting for a roster spot with a non-roster invite with the guardians is he worthy of a roster spot does he have a good curve uh, sorry change up and slider I hope so. Is he like at 93 again? It's probably going to be like 91. Uh, and then you have Luis Heal and Reese Olsen. I will report on them, but they are not on TV. And that stinks because I really want to see Luis Heal more so than Olsen. Olsen, do you have anything against lefties? Sure. They won't say that in the whatever tweets we get, but oh, I want to see that. Come on. It's like, yes, network. Get it together. I'm very disappointed about that. But uh, if you're listening to this, I you might be listening to it right before Podpalooza. And I'm going to be doing a on-the-corner sleeper-in-the-bust simulcast with Eric Samolski, of course, but also Justin Mason and uh, Paul Spore for charity. So 
definitely tune into that. Uh, you can obviously follow Justin Mason and find the link there. I'll be retweeting it as well. I'm super excited about that. And I will uh, talk to you guys tomorrow. Enjoy a full slate of games today. I mean, this is a lot of good baseball coming. And uh, I'll, of course, be back tomorrow to summarize it all. But that is it. So my name is Nick Pollock. And may your babbits below and your strikeouts high.